Welcome to the Just Being Honest podcast. This is your host, KB. I'm a lifestyle designer, intuitive healer, and a creator of a wellness workspace called the KB Apothecary. Welcome to my world. We're cultivating a lifestyle environment based with quality of consciousness for all, here to unveil your authentic truth. What does that mean? Listen in to find out, because we are all multi-hyphenate beings. So join me on the ride. It's getting deep. Super, super, super excited about today's guest today, the founder of Nourish Thrive Glow, Sarah Marlette is here, and TG is a health and wellness brand focusing on nutrition, counseling, and coupled with healthy, nutrient-dense, practical recipes, all while leading a clean and holistic lifestyle. So I'm not going to spoil too much about Sarah and about exactly what she does and what she focuses on. But one of our main topics today is about fasting. So you're not going to want to miss a beat of this episode. Guys, also we have 15, that's, yep, you heard me, 15% off CBD in the episode. So be looking for that code and um, enjoy the show. Here we go. We're diving in deep. We're just having a little girl time right here. I have... Oh, this great gal pal guest on next. You guys are not going to want to miss a beat of this episode. Um, If you have been wandering, you know, we all know we're at home right now a lot. But if you've been wandering to your kitchen a lot and perhaps, you know, constantly opening up the fridge or just, you know working on the computer, the Zoom calls while eating, you know, don't have your gym pass still, you know, I don't know what is going through your mind, but that's why I have this beautiful little number on the show today. You guys can't see us, obviously, but I get to see her smiling face. I have Sarah Marlette on the show today, and I'm not going to give an introduction. I want her to kind of give her elevator pitch to you all. But the way I came across Sarah in my life is, you know, and I've said this before, is you know when you have something on your mind or perhaps you were looking something up and all of a sudden the universe speaks and the universe says, here's the resource. Here are all the answers right here. So that is why I have this beautiful, beautiful woman on the show to share something that I want to kind of open up, um, just being honest, a little true food for thought on this topic of especially, I mean, there's many topics we could talk about, but the topic that I want to kind of um, shoot out there is fasting, but specifically women in fasting. Yeah, guys, you can listen to this too. But women in fasting, it's a little bit different. We all know that, especially during 2020, I know personally, I'll just say this, my body did some really funky things and I didn't really switch much up, I guess you could say. I mean, sure, I added weights and stuff. But Sarah, before we jump into that, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Kind of, who's Sarah? 
Yes, well, thank you so much for that introduction. So my name, as you said, is Sarah Marlette. Um, I'm the creator, founder of Nourish Thrive Glow, which is a um, online private practice nutritional, nutrition counseling platform. So I work with men, but predominantly women. I am a holistic nutritionist with my master's in functional medicine and human nutrition, and I'm all about realistic health. So I, I hope this resonates with a lot of your listeners because for so long, I put my nutrition in a box and I said no to so many things that brought me joy because I wanted to look a certain way. So what I do now is I help women achieve their health goals through a realistic approach using tools, not rules, and having them select a dietary approach that works for them. So we can go back and forth all day long on the research versus high carb versus low fat, high fat versus low carb. But at the end of the day, it's whatever is a realistic, sustainable approach for that person, taking into account things like genetic variability. So I basically, to keep it short and sweet, help women achieve their health goals by creating a realistic approach that works for them specifically. So I call it a personalized evidence-based approach. Mm, I love that. Personalized. So real story with this, um, you know, me being a woman, obviously, but going back to like a professional and someone that is actually listening to you, um, what my listeners and my clients know well about me is that I have um, an invisible most of the time, unless you look at my hands or something, but I have an invisible autoimmune illness, a chronic illness. And, um, I've been, you know, in and out of doctor's offices, rheumatologists, infectious disease, all that stuff. But something that really, really irks my pickle <laughs> is that no one or Okay, I shouldn't say no one. Not a lot of people specialize in root causes. And it's almost like, why do I keep going to the Western medicine doctors? Well, that's because, folks, you know, health insurance covers all that aspect for testing. But what I love about Sarah is that, you know, like, it's personalized. We are all different, right? We're different than men. And guys, this is not an episode saying, like, oh, turn this off. Like, Certainly, we want you to listen because you have many women in your life and you are great support for them, okay? Um, but that being said, like, not one woman is the same and we all know that. Um, so let me just kind of ask you, because I'm always intrigued by this, how did you, like, what was your childhood upbringing like and what was... What do you think made you want to get into this topic of women specifically, women's health issues, um, and the nutrition aspect of it? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll be completely frank. I was never drawn to like nutrition and longevity growing up, right? So I, I grew up a very standard American diet, played a lot of sports, played ice hockey, being originally from Buffalo, New York, my dad's side's Canadian. So very just like, kind of like everybody else, you know, my mom's a great cook, but it wasn't like we were like revolutionizing anything and eating a ton of vegetables. My dad was a very like meat and potatoes kind of guy. Um, and I've shared this openly too, being a little bit chubby through childhood and middle school. Um, I really couldn't care less about nutrition. I just sort of wanted to be thin. So I sort of fell into that dogmatic way of thinking, counting calories, counting macros, um, and never really gave too much thought of like what was on my plate, but more was like focused on like counting things to reach a certain goal. 
actually in college, I started out as a major in sports medicine. And then to be fully transparent, I was like, you know what, this isn't going to make me a lot of money. I switched to PR communications um, and business management and sort of pigeoned myself, pigeonholed myself in a career that did not fulfill me. So um, at 24, I decided to go back to school and I'm now 33 and I've just finished my master's. So the long Long story short is I wasn't the type of person that sometimes we hear these other like nutritionists on podcasts like, oh, I was always drawn to nutrition and healthy eating. No, I really didn't care, right? I just like, I wanted to live my life, look a certain way. And I didn't really give much thought into what we like longevity and inflammatory markers and what I was doing today and how it would impact me five to 10 years from now. Yeah. Oh, funny that you bring that up. You know, five to 10 years from now, I heard an interesting study, you know, especially with inflammation, you know, like a lot of our inflammation stems from what happens maybe like 10 years ago in our life, whether it's trauma, whether it's, you know, emotional, physical trauma, um, you know, chronic stress, it's crazy. And with that, it's just a whole nother, like being said of that, you know, like, you're, you're, you almost like have to go back and think like, okay, what happened in my life and how can I kind of like unravel that? And it's again, then like giving yourself grace, especially speaking as a woman, you know, times are different now as we all know, but I felt like women, especially before we are all very, very competitive of one another. And now we're almost here to like raise each other up and say, how can I support you? Um, So I applaud you for that. And, you know, like with the whole chubby childhood aspect, like, hey, sister, I was there. I mean, like I was a childhood, like hardcore athlete, especially. I remember like my sisters were gymnasts. So they were ripped. Like talk about, you know, looking at your sisters and they had like eight packs, you know, at age 10 or, you know, to 14. And then I'm the soccer swimmer so I was like a little ball of muscle so it's hard because at that young age when we're growing right you know we don't know how to like mentally like prepare ourselves for that body image look and you being a hockey player you're under a lot of padding the whole time too so that's another thing um but yeah just um that whole mental image that we later grow into. So moving on from there, you got your, you, you have your master's now, you said? Or yes, you- my last semester and then wow. I'm doing a capstone and I'll, and I'll be done. So it's a very, Hooray. excited. we'll celebrate for sure. Yes. Um, that's awesome. That's a huge ordeal. And you know, you're like, and now I'm 33, but I, I sorry, I feel like I'm screaming. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. But, um, but what my dad and what everyone tells me, cause I'm 33 too. And, you know, think about all the things that you've completed up until now. Like, you might think, oh, I feel late to the game or I didn't know what I wanted to do. But, like, you are so young and you have the world just so far ahead and innovation is yours. I have to admit, I've been a little, sometimes a lot, stressed lately. And something that really, really dives me back into my centered space and my zen zone is taking a bath at night. And then following up with rubbing my body oils all over my face, my body, doing my gua sha routine every single night. 
So something that I like to incorporate with that is Prima & Co's Hemp CBD. Okay, it's not any hemp CBD, it's broad spectrum hemp. And guys, let me tell you, the bath bomb, delicious. I feel soothed probably within the first 15 seconds. Can I say that? I just am like, ah, relax. I get out, I put the oils on my body, I put the gua sha on my face, and here we go, night magic. This is pure and potent well-being essentials for skin, body, and your entire mind. And I know I have reaped the benefits 100%. It's backed by science and built by nature to help combat stress and target issues at their source. You know I'm all about nipping things in the butt at their source. So you can feel better every single day. So I have something for you. 15% off your entire order at Prima.co using code all caps H-O-N-E-S-T. That's honest. So for 15% off, use code HONEST, all caps, the checkout line, and enjoy your, oh my gosh, ultimate bliss. I think it's a really important message too, like for like the younger listeners. I think we're, we're as a society, we think by 23, 24, we pigeonhole ourselves into something that we can't change, right? We think, you know, there's all of these social norms that we feel like we have to conform to. So we're like, oh, I guess this is my life. These are, these are what society says. And I think it's really important too, as women, that we disrupt those norms, that we shift the narrative and that we pave our own way in, in an unapologetic way. I think a lot of times too, we feel as though we can't do something or we should be held back. And by disrupting those norms, I think too, especially for the younger, maybe um, female listeners too, I think that's so important to know that if any time, like you're not happy with something, you can always change direction. Same with your health too. It's like never too late to start again. I love that. It's never too late, guys. It's never too late. You can, you know, it's like, you know, you wake up and there's another day right there. But with that being said, that's a great segue into you wake up and there's another day there. I'm always the type that's like, actually, I'm pretty like type A when it comes to my routine. But, um, you know, I always see people doing these beautiful smoothie bowls and all of that jazz. And I'm like, I want to be a smoothie bowl girl. But, you know, at the end of the day, I really like to, like, chew on things. But, um, I don't know, I lost my train of thought with a smoothie bowl. But with that being said, you wake up, here's a new day, fasting, right? I want to just jump right into this and say, um, in my personal belief, I don't think fasting is necessarily going to be, you know, working for every person, especially if you've had like an eating disordered past or, um, you know, anything of that nature, you know, I just want to put like a public service announcement out right here, right now saying like, we're not telling you to starve yourself, (laughs) um, at all. But if you have dealt with, um, any sort of body image issues in regards to an eating disorder, please consult with your specialist before you try fasting or anything like this. But Sarah, I'll let you take it away. Um, Fasting, give us your two cents, your 10 cents, your 20 bucks on it. 
Yeah, so fasting is time-restricted eating. So if you were to look in the literature, this is what it's referred to. And a lot of people view fasting as 16 hours fasting, eight hour eating window, but that's just one way. So fasting is like exercise. Um, and Dr. Amy Shaw talks a lot about this too. There's a lot of ways to do it. And in the morning, you can have something like a breakfast and still fast. So I'm really a fan of circadian rhythm fasting. So all of our body's processes are hooked up to our circadian rhythm. We have a biological clock, which is a set of proteins that drives our circadian rhythm. So things like digestion and blood sugar are tied to your circadian rhythm, which is why I am such a fan of doing short, well-timed fast synced to my circadian rhythm. And I call this sort of the art of doing life. So here's an example. In the evening, your pineal gland releases a hormone called melatonin and it trickles all the way down to your pancreas. And it basically signals your pancreas to turn down digestive and blood sugar regulations. So endocrine and exocrine functions. And why is this so important? Because more and more research is now suggesting that when we eat really late in the evening, not only is digestion and absorption impaired, but this results in glucose intolerance. So rocky blood sugar. So if we're talking about fasting, people tend to just put it in a box and say you have to do 12 at 12 p.m., break your fast and then eat until 8 p.m. But make it your own. Fasting should be flexible. Um, so there's so many ways to do it. I'm really not a big fan personally of the longer fast unless you're working with a doctor. Um, so I'm talking about like the extended like 24 hour fast, alternate day fasting. But to say women can't fast is to say like women can't exercise. There's so many ways to do it. If we think about it while you're sleeping, you are fasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And with women, do you think it's best to um, kind of calendarize, I'm going to say, your fast routine, um, kind of switch it up based on your menstrual cycle? Yeah, so I'm so glad you said that. So if we're talking about when women are most frequently studied, it's during our low hormone phase, our follicular phase, when our physiology is more similar to a man's physiology. So I would say your follicular phase, day one through 14, are the most advantageous days to fast. Knowing that two in our higher hormone phase, studies suggest we're a little bit more insulin resistant, more susceptible to stressors, it's probably more beneficial to not live and die by that clock. Though I don't recommend ever living, dying, and by the clock, but to not to maybe just say, hey, I'm not even going to worry about any type of fast, especially those five days leading up to your period. When we know estrogen and progesterone are higher, we know we're a little bit more insulin resistant, we're more susceptible to stressors. Take it easy and be okay with that. Yeah, because since we're more like susceptible to stressors, fasting is an additional stressor. So you don't want to add that on yeah, yeah. to the cake there. Um and so with that being said, because um, I know me personally, there are some days where I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'll, I, I don't have to eat until maybe like 11. And then there are some days where I'm like, okay, 9 o'clock, here we go. Like I'm hungry. So it's like those cues. But generally, like I'm typically fasted for 12 hours, I guess you could say. But I have had done multiple occasions of 24-hour fasts. Um, and it was interesting that, that we talk about this cause a man was regulating them and I was like, you know, it was great for the mental aspect. But then at the end I was like, I don't think this is doing any, anything like anything for my body. Um, 
And so I have found, me personally, I have a sweet spot of like mm, 13, 14 hours is my sweet spot. Um, yeah. So I think we're kind of probably very similar. And do you think that would also be because like, does your blood type have anything to do with fasting? There's no research to suggest that. Um, so that's a great question. I'm not sure. But even just talking, though, when you said that's your sweet spot, there are actual studies that show that take men and women and put them in fasting groups and show that women who fasted just as long as the men had an activation of their sympathetic nervous system. So that flight or flight, that stress response, and men did not have the same response. So I think it's really important that we just differentiate the gender differences. And I think a lot of times on social media, you'll see women shouldn't fast, women shouldn't fast. And they're sort of just pulling from this limited data. But now we have new research coming out that there was a research done, I think it was by the Salk Institute that showed both men and women who did a 14 hour fast and ate for 10 hours had improved cardiometabolic markers, improved glucose. And a lot of the studies that I'm referencing about that overactivation of your stress, your flight or flight are long extended fast. So a lot of times then we generalize things saying women shouldn't fast. And obviously if you're a woman listening to this and you're dealing with you know, amenorrhea or um, cortisol issues, yeah, I, I would not recommend fasting, right? That's like telling somebody to run who has a ruptured Achilles heel. It's just silly. So I think a lot of times people on Instagram put fasting in a box for women and approach it in a very reductionist view when we need to be treating people like individuals. Wait, okay, so can we just tap back to the amenorrhea and the cortisol issues? Because, um, that would be like, because a lot of, I know a lot of extreme athletes have amenorrhea and cortisol issues as well. I know, especially with chronic stress and with what, you know, we're all going through right now, it's hard to kind of get away from the cortisol imbalance issues, which, you know, I want you to kind of like touch that subject a little bit more because, um, you know, like, how do you, obviously, like, if you're doing everything you can, say you're someone that's doing everything you can, you're eating all the fats, the good fats, you know, you're, you're eating a well-rounded diet, you're doing all the meditations, you're taking the baths, whatever, and you're still at those heightened cortisol levels, you know, maybe it's subconscious, um, why wouldn't it be good to fast? So we know fasting is a hormetic stressor, and we know that anytime the body is stressed, the adrenals respond with cortisol and a mix of other um, catecholamines. So if we're talking about, while there's no such thing um, as adrenal dysfunction or adrenal, excuse me, adrenal fatigue, there is something called hypothalamic pituitary access dysfunction. So if you're constantly stressed and your adrenals are on constant overdrive, and a clear way to know this too is if you wear like an aura ring or a whoop, looking at your heart rate variability. But remember, things like fasting are stressors. So if your body's already stressed out, you're throwing fire onto the fire. Mm, I hear you. Oh my god! Wait, can you say that word again? The Paris? No, the um, hypothalamic. Hypothalamic. You? I don't know. Oh, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access dysfunction. So that's when we're dealing with, um, we know, obviously our hypothalamus and an adrenal, we're doing, dealing with a dysfunction. Now cortisol gets a really bad rap. Cortisol is really important when it's in its appropriate rhythm. It's when it's constantly out of rhythm or chronically 
elevated. So cortisol is what gets you out of bed in the morning. It's one of the two hormones that governs our circadian rhythm. If you think about it, here's a great example. Do you ever wake up in the morning and you have a sore throat or like a bug bite and you're like, oh, I'm actually pretty fine. It's not a big deal. And then the evening rolls around and you're like, oh my gosh, my throat hurts so bad or my bug bite is all of a sudden huge. It's because cortisol is naturally dipped and so melatonin can be released. That just goes to show that cortisol and its appropriate rhythm has anti-inflammatory properties, which is also why a lot of like people who are very inflamed are prescribed things like um, cortisone cream, right? For that anti-inflammation. So, okay. So on that aspect then, say you are like, well, you know, like I'm not necessarily fasting, but I'm not a a big breakfast person. Like, is there something that you would recommend that's not going to spike your blood sugar that is an easy, just quick go-to so you're not having your body think that it's fully fasting? I mean, are there like um, portion ratios that we should really be considering? So protein will be king here, right? So even if it's just like you're drinking a matcha and you're adding some marine or some collagen protein powder in it, like the Vitals Protein Creamer, they have a marine collagen. If you're more plant-based, you can add in some type of plant-based protein, eggs, a coconut yogurt, getting something in there that stabilizes that blood sugar. Remember, cortisol is naturally higher in the morning. Um, So we want to make sure we're working with the body to support that. And a lot of times what happens is... um, and I've learned this the hard way, but like doing long fasts and like jacking myself up on coffee led me to feeling exhausted and out of control, especially um, when I was living in Switzerland, I got really into long, hardcore fasts and I became so reliant on coffee to function mm-hmm. and I would crash so hard, but I, I, you know, I couldn't get out of my own way. I, I just kept doing it. Um, and I do believe that was like one of the main causes to some of the gut issues I ended up dealing with when we moved to Dallas. Hmm, interesting. That's so interesting. I mean, I've never been a coffee person. I was always a tea person. Um, but I can kind of sense that in a way, like when I would do fasts, or I guess I don't even know if I'm doing a fast. I just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. Don't eat, you know, until I feel like I need to. But, um, but like with the green tea, you know, like I feel sick if I haven't had anything. So that's That's a little bit important, but I find that if I had like spirulina or I have my water, my morning water with like hot lemon water and like apple cider vinegar and ginger, then I feel great. Like I don't even need caffeine or anything. It's crazy. Um, But that's interesting that you point, because I know, um, I've heard a lot of people that use the coffee as a substitute um, during the fast and yeah, their gut has been torn up, torn up. So that's a really nice example that you put out there. Um, so on your website, you have a lot of really cool web or recipes. Um, and I was looking at some of them and I was like, Oh my gosh, we are like birds of a feather. Like your little non oatmeal oatmeal. I'm like, that's like what I have the chia and the, the flax like every morning. I love it. So Except if someone looked like a little bird in my kitchen, you would be like, what are you doing? What are you eating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just that weird person. So um, tell us kind of like what has guided you to um, kind of bring up those recipes that you have put up there. Like what what is, I mean, are they predominantly plant-based? Go for it. Yeah. 
I would say so. Um, I've definitely evolved over the years, and I, I'm really more focused on how am I growing and how am I tending to my gut garden, that ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So we know research suggests that those who eat a more um, variety dense plant-based diet have an increase in things like short chain fatty acids, which decrease inflammation, improve energy, increase fat metabolism. So I have now sort of shifted my thinking where I, I've been open about this too. I used to think like a low carb approach was like the Beyonce of diets, right? Like was the end all be all. And then I read a study that said those who followed a high protein, low carb diet for four weeks had lower levels of something called bifidobacteria and butyrate, mm. which are predictors of longevity. So they were decreased in just four weeks by going low carb and removing all these beautiful vegetables. So I tell everybody this, I don't really care what your preference is. If you like bacon, if you know, you eat meat, you have to get in more plants. We're talking about this from a longevity standpoint, mitochondrial health, all of those things. So I build my, my meals around plants. And then I always want to get like some type of protein, whether it's animal-based or plant-based also for like liver health. If we're talking how we support our liver and detoxification, mm -hmm. which would be known as biotransformation and elimination, we need plants and proteins and then some healthy fats, right? If we're talking about hormones, they're made from fats. If we're talking about our cell walls, they're made of proteins and fats, the gatekeepers. Um, so I say plants are king and then let the rest fall where it is, but don't ignore things like protein and fat. And that's why I'm not like a huge fan of like, one diet that favors one macronutrient over the other because it just for me like there's still so much unknown about our gut and we're just on that tip of the iceberg but it's now research is now showing dysregulated blood sugar type 2 diabetes may be tied back to an unhealthy gut yeah diets don't work guys diets the first three letters are die <laughs> just to <laughs> let you know but jumping into um what you said about like with the diets and like one macronutrient over another is a really strong point to say that, you know, there's always going to be something, guys. But when you go back down to the caveman, cavewoman setting and say, like, you know, eating in season, I think is the best way to go. Um, that's going to heal yourself in a multitude of different ways. Um, so that's always been kind of like my standpoint because you know whatever is natural you know in your surrounding especially like wherever you live it's going to be different maybe you're in a cold climate right now you're probably going to be eating more hearty stews right now than if you're in like Hawaii you know you're going to have papayas you know and guavas and all that beautiful glorious things that I wish I could be having right now um but Sarah kind of tell us some things that you're working on now and um where you hope to go with Nourish Thrive. Did I even say Nourish Thrive and Glow? Oh my gosh. Nourish Thrive and Glow. I, I, did. I did. Yeah. Okay. I think you did. Yeah. Um, I am working on, um, it's going to kind of read like a book. It's called The Art of Doing Less. So again, mm -hmm. getting back to the heart of a realistic approach. So many women I work with are doing it all, all at once, and they're not seeing the results they want to be because they're actually working against their body's physiology. Um, it talks about everything from liver health. Again, if we're talking about where estrogen is metabolized and broken down, it's in your liver. Mm. If we're talking about your gut health, you actually have strains called estroblome that help break down things like estrogen. So it's a guide specific for women. I just think so many of us, and I have been there where you're holding on by a thread and you're doing it all, all, all the time. 
and you're not really getting the results you want. You're not feeling as confident in your skin as you can because you are literally working against your body's natural physiology. For example, if in that later half of your luteal phase, you are doing really hardcore workouts, know that increase in estrogen forces you to be glycogen sparing, meaning your workout seems so hard and it's harder for you to recover. That increase in progesterone means that your body's actually breaking down muscle at a faster rate. Mm-hmm. So we, we look at the studies and it's actually really interesting. Up until the 80s, women were deemed to be very similar to men and that's why we kind of had the same advice. So this art of doing less is literally all about doing less by understanding your unique physiology. And I talk about things like aging and mitochondrial health and, and muscles and insulin sensitivity, but it really just brings it back to, you know, you can achieve your goals and do less and feel really good. While a lot of us, like I know I used to be, was like doing it all, all at once. It was like very thin and I go back to Kate Moss where, you know, nothing tasted as good as skinny, but that mm. came at a price. Mm-hmm. What's your sign? Can I ask you? Do you know your astrological I'm sign? Gemini. Um, I actually just got really into, I, I can tell you everything. I'm a Gemini something. What is your sign? A Gemini something. I am a, uh, well, in Western, I'm a sun Virgo, a rising Gemini, and a moon in Taurus. Wait, I'm a Gemini rising, sun in Cancer in the second house, moon in Virgo in the fourth house. Yep. No wonder we are so similar. Wait, you're a rising Gemini. Yes. And the only yeah. reason I'll give a shout out to my bestie, Chloe, um, I had no idea what I what I was and I never got into meditation. And then my best friend here got me so into it. And let me just tell you from a science standpoint too, I wear an aura ring. Mm -hmm. What this has done for my heart rate variability, if you have a low heart rate variability, studies suggest you're at like an increase for things like stroke, Mm -hmm. it has changed the game. You want a higher heart rate variability, right? If you have a really low number and you're listening to this, meditate, deep breathe, it is insane. Um, So yeah, I've recently gotten into all of this stuff, which I I had no idea about. Yeah, I work um, with my clients one-on-one when we do one-on-one I work with their astrological chart um to kind of yeah to kind of map out their lifestyle design so I can kind of pinpoint I knew like especially when I first read up on you and like was learning about you I was like her and I there is something that is very similar yeah umami unagi whatever (laughs) you know um but I don't know why we got off on a tangent, but I love you all of that. The sign was, and then I oh. totally digress because I've recently gotten into this, and I'm like, meditation. Yeah. yeah, meditation, guys, key, key to like most everything. I was doing it some deep breathing right before I got on this call. Um, I love that. And do you have you offer like re- retreats? I see as well. Um, I hope to hopefully get on one of those someday. It looks glorious. Yeah, I don't know. So the um, from living in Europe, one of my like dear, dear friends, we have partnered. So we're supposed to have a retreat in Portugal in May, which mm-hmm. will still be a go for my European friends. I'm just, I'm fingers crossed that I'll, that us Americans can still somehow get there. Yeah, yeah you're like, maybe I'll zoom in. <laughs> I'm like, I'll swim there. Like, no, obviously. Uh, I'll swim like, there. I need to get back to like Europe, but yeah. Oh, sounds amazing. Keep me up to date on that. Um, yes. But for all of my listeners out there, share one last thing. Because um, I know you're in your 30s. For those of the, my listeners that are in their 20s still, 
or perhaps still feel like they're 20 or maybe you're at the step that you were when you kind of you know wanted to start over what would be your because you already kind of gave us some clues about this but what would be one takeaway that you could provide to them some honest truth if they're wanting to sort of start over more of like start over with lifestyle health nutrition a job what have you something that you could really put out there we're very accepting here at the just being honest podcast so you know no one's gonna judge you okay from a nutritional standpoint if you want to change the way you're eating don't try to do it all at once that's Mm going to be a stressor you're going to fail someone's going to ask you to go out for drinks or grab pizza or mexican and you're going to have be really difficult, hard on yourself. So focus on one thing. And I tell all of my clients, build a morning routine, right? If you want to sync that circadian rhythm, just get out in nature. I don't care. Don't set all these rules surrounding it. So that would be my number one tip is set the small goals and focus on your morning routine. And um, in your 20s, you become so obsessed about what other people think. And during this time, you sort of feel like you live, you're living under a magnifying glass. You know, it's really none of your business what other people think. And it took me a long time to realize that. So be prepared to fail. Be prepared to question yourself. Be prepared to think you made a mistake because without these challenges, you can't grow. So in between these, like when you feel like you're in between a wall and a hard place, know that's where the magic and the growth happens. There are still times I doubt myself all the time. And I'm always like, oh man, remember when I had that nine to five and I had PTO and I had like all of these benefits and things. Um, There are still times that I'm like, Ooh, mm, you know, I look at some of my girlfriends who have those jobs and I'm like, you know, that would be kind of nice sometimes to be like, go on vacation, totally unplug, do all these things. So remember why you started. I always say that. Remember your why. Um, I think those are the two most important things and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. One of my favorite quotes you just said right there, get uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, folks, because guess what? Being a human is really hard sometimes and you know we were so lucky to be put on this earth in this skin and flesh so it's like at the end of the day if you could really step back and like look at yourself in the mirror and just laugh and say like this is kind of funny what we're all doing here you know we're all trying so hard why don't I just stop and be and again going back to taking those deep breaths I know it sounds so simple but when you get out of your head out of your physical flesh of a body and just say like all right what lights me up what brings me joy you know and it is none of your business what other people think about you because guess what they're probably not really thinking about you whatever they're thinking about you is really just a reflection of them all right guys um sarah where can everyone follow you find you and um kind of get on your journey with you yeah, you guys can find me at Nourish Thrive Glow, um, NTG. Just type it into Instagram or Google. I have a website, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I don't tweet, but all the other platforms. Perfect. I love it. Um, you're not on TikTok, are you? No, I'm not. I would love See, to actually get my dog on TikTok. No, my- don't like, start. No. I, I, I think once you hit 30, I don't know. I, I could be speaking for anyone, but um, – once you hit 30, I think it's just like, I don't have time for that. I, I don't even want to, like, learn. So, like, yeah. <laughs> keep it simple. Yeah, like, it's Spice Girls and Backstreet Boy TikTok. The, the TikToks I see, I'm like, I don't think if we had TikTok when we were younger, that's what the TikToks would look like. No, no. The art of doing less, folks. The art of doing less. 
Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been such a joy, and I love seeing the journey of your sweet puppy, Sydney. Yeah. So, oh, right so, um, guys, until next time, it has been an honor. It's been a pleasure. I hope you got a lot of value out of this beautiful resource today. And if you did, or if you feel like you have a friend or a family member that could benefit as well, shoot it off to them, a quick screenshot or a share post. That would really help us out too. That would let us know that you loved this type of content. So until next time, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love. Ciao. I love a woman that is full of knowledge that we could all use, right? Am I right? Guys, thank you again for tuning into the podcast. And also, I wanted to thank our sponsor, Prima & Co. CBD. Again, that code is HONEST to get 15% off. So if you want an easy way to get that code, go to my shop page at justbeinghonest.com. Click on the link. When you find something you love and you can't live without, I suggest the bath gems. Just head on over to the checkout and type in honest, H-O-N-E-S-T, for your 15% off my treat. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to give me a follow on Instagram if you do not already do so at JustBeingHonestKB. And I hope you have a lovely day. I'll see you next time.